Be seated. Well, it is good to have everyone out tonight. And those that will be viewing, we appreciate each and every one of you. We have some upcoming events. Uh, keep in mind, uh, there is a, a lot of talk, a lot of buzz going on right now about our care and share all church Thanksgiving family dinner. Mark it down for Saturday, November the 20th, and we'll be meeting in the afternoon. We have sign-up boards and sign-up information going out, and praise the Lord. We're back into the swing of things. We have our bus and van running, and again this week we'll be running. We have our Hispanic ministry. We're up and running, and of course we have never stopped having our live stream services in person right here, and you want to be here this weekend. To prepare for that, I'm going to ask folks to come out uh, before 10 o'clock on Saturday, do some cleaning, and then at 10 o'clock go visiting, and let's visit everybody we can, let's invite everybody we can, and get them out. Now, as we have more and more folks come out, there'll be more and more professions of faith, and we want to be prepared for that. We'll be training and retraining and retooling so that we have a razor-sharp edge when it comes to winning the loss to Jesus Christ and pointing out the importance of standing up for Jesus and being scripturally baptized and identifying with the local church and joining the local church and becoming a part of it. And then, of course, there is a high and holy privilege of giving. Thank God for all those who've been giving regularly. And now we're in our special phase of giving a Christmas gift to Jesus Christ this time of year through the end of the year. Also, this Sunday, we begin uh, an entire month of emphasis on missions. Missions, so very important. We'll have our stewardship forms, our faith promise forms going out. You want to pray with me, I want to pray with you that we might do God's will when it comes to the matter of giving by faith. So all those people out there on that wall of missions, uh, missionaries and people that are representing the Lord Jesus Christ in and through the faith of God's people here at Central Baptist Church might have their support and be able to go forward, not worry about support, not be concerned because God's people are giving abundantly. Praise the Lord. So I want you to, to be part of all of this that's going on every day. Catch us on YouTube and then our regular services as scheduled. Be here if you possibly can. Praise the Lord for that. Now we've just sung about glory, about glory. We talked about the King of glory. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. The uh, document that we have that we call our Constitution Articles of Faith and Bylaws of Central Baptist Church says this, uh, that after the resurrection of Jesus Christ and of course this age of grace we have the return of Christ and related events this is uh, article 21 on page number 9 of our Constitution of bylaws this is based on the Word of God and it says that uh, that this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven bodily personally and visible that the dead in Christ shall rise first that the living saints shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, that the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and that Christ's earthly reign shall be a thousand years in righteousness until he hath put all enemies under his feet. We believe in the premillennial doctrine concerning eschatology. We believe the next event on God's calendar is the coming of Jesus Christ for his believers. Amen. 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 And then, of course, there'll be the tribulation followed after that by the... Uh, the uh, uh, Battle of Armageddon and uh, the judgment of the nations. And then after that, this will be a time of the beginning of the thousand-year reign of Christ on earth known to us as 
the millennium. That's the period of time that is in our viewfinder in Psalm 24 when we have the question and the answer, who is the King of glory? He is going to manifest Himself in that respect. In that respect. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know He's coming again. I know that our destiny is in His hands. So even as tonight we welcome new viewers and we're glad for those that are established attendees and viewers that we're adding folks tonight and in the days ahead, praise the Lord for that. Our special prayers go out to the sick and to, to those who are needy. We're praying for, uh, for Kevin. We're praying for others as well. And tonight, special prayers for Ron and Jean at this difficult time. But through it all, I know this. That there is a God in heaven who is in charge of everything. This is an exciting evening because we're coming down to the conclusion of our study in the book known as Philippians, the letter of the Apostle Paul, written by inspiration, uh, preserved for us so that we can read and understand and learn the, the truth, the principles of the Word of God, were written to this church of suffering saints in the first century in the place known as Philippi, named after Philip, who was king of Macedon, who is the father of Alexander the Great. Of course, it was all part of the Roman Empire in the day of the Apostle Paul who wrote it. But as we come down to the very end, we have the word glory that appears. The word glory is very important. It appears hundreds of times in the Bible. And you and I will see it again tonight. We're going to begin to understand some things. How the Lord has included us. 2,000 years after Jesus Christ was here in the days of His flesh, as the writer of Hebrews terms those 33 years away from heaven. Many, many centuries, many, many generations after that, the Word of God is still quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. We still have challenges, sometimes higher tech challenges, but the same kinds of challenges that they had in the first century. We've got those, century, those first century problems in the 21st century and maybe a little more complex sometimes. We've got some more people and maybe the dress code has changed. But God has not changed and the world and the flesh and the devil have not changed. And we are still drawing upon that grace and that power. We're still saved by grace through faith. We're still saved the same old-fashioned way. We're still kept the same old-fashioned way. We've still got the same Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't say that nobody understands. God understands. Jesus Christ has been where we are. He has felt and experienced everything that we are feeling. And right now, we can lay all of our needs and our problems at the feet of King Jesus because He is in charge. And we're talking about His glory tonight. Praise God for that. We're in the book of Philippians. We have seen already most of this chapter, most of the book known as Philippians. We are going to begin right now with verse number 20. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. You say, preacher, that sounds like a farewell. And the truth of the matter is that everything that we have is by the grace of God and the Word of God shall stand. We know that every word is pure. Every word is settled. 
We know that every word is powerful. And there are no accidental or arbitrary words in the Bible. Even this farewell is totally inspired, completely preserved, and is entirely for every one of us here. It wasn't written to us. It wasn't written about us. But it was written for us. And we need to claim it tonight. This idea of glory is misunderstood. Glory is the manifestation of God's presence. Put it down. Glory is the manifestation of God's presence. So whether you are standing in the bright lights of the heat of the day, and it seems like everything is sunshiny, the birds are singing, the butterflies are flying, and everything's going your way, and you're, the bees are buzzing, and you're, you're whistling or humming a tune, and there's a lilt in your step, or whether you're walking through the shadows and the darkness and the difficulty and the loneliness and the heartache and the brokenness and the tears of difficulty, I want you to know that the glory of God can still be manifested. Do you know that the circumstances of life do not in any way impact the glory of God? Sometimes the glory of God can be seen more brightly in the darker hours of our lifetime. People that are going through problems right now, the people that are here, the people that are listening, viewing, and the people that you know that are going through dark hours can experience the bright glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in spite of those difficulties, in spite of those low times. When we allow our emotions to drive us, we are just like a lost person. The waves, the crest and then dip, and the crest and the dip, those waves when we talk about oceans of emotions, there are a lot of Christians today who have not gotten victory over their own emotions. And so when they're emotionally high, everything is great. And they, of course, credit God. But when they're low, then they're blaming everybody and everything, including God. I want you to know that He's still God. He's the same God. Whether you're at the crest or whether you're at the bottom of that wave, it doesn't matter. Whether you're in the bright daylight or you're in the darkness of the night, He's the same God. He's still in charge. If we allow our emotions to lead us, then our emotions have become our idol, our God. Whoa, preacher! That's, that's very bold. That's, that's very brash. That's, that's very offensive. Yes. I have just offended my flesh and yours and everybody else's. Welcome to the crowd of the offended flesh. Our emotions are not trustworthy. You don't like it when somebody else is just driven by their emotions and they don't make wise choices and it impacts you or yours and you don't like that and yet we are guilty of the same thing, aren't we? Somebody say, well, what kind of day did I have? It was not a good day in that respect, but God is still good. The things we had to deal with today did not make the day itself a good day. Most of the day, even though there was sunshine outside, emotionally, most of the day today was a shadow. But God is still God, and Jesus Christ is still on the throne. And He is the one that we acknowledge, and He is the one that we look to. And because of that, we have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul has just said, to a bunch of poor, suffering saints. My God shall supply all of your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. These folks were so poor they didn't have 
They didn't have two coins to put together. They were broke. They were broke. They were so broke. You think you're broke? You're not, as, not close. Not close. These suffering saints at Philippi didn't have anything of this world's goods. They had nothing material that they could boast in. They had, they had no position in society. They were the off-scouring of society. They were put down. They were demeaned. They were thought of as being losers. If the world looked at them, if, if other religions looked at them, they'd say, boy, that's a loser's religion. But we're not measured by the opinion of some folks that are going to bust hell wide open because they haven't trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. You see, we're trusting Christ no matter what. We're believing on Him no matter what. No matter what. And we know that God will supply all of our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus all the time. God is good all the time. God takes care of me all the time. God takes care of you all the time. God's going to bring us through all the time. God is consistent even when we're not. God is loving even when we're not. God is there even when we, you know, are AWOL. Praise God for that. Glory is the manifestation of God's presence. We can have God's glory in the shadow. We can have God's glory in the darkness. We can have God's glory in the pain and the problems and the difficulties of life. Preacher, why are you preaching this way? Because we've had a few of those. Now, how can we make sure that that glory is manifested in our life? Whether by life or whether by death, that's what Paul said, right? Here it is. I'm going to give you the secret. The way we manifest the glory of God's presence in the sunshine or the shadow is that we must constantly be aware of and ready to step out of our natural comfort zone. Wherever you are most comfortable, most familiar, where you are used to being, we must always be spiritually sensitive and aware of the need to step out of that comfort zone. There it is. And for what reason? For the glory of God, to glorify Him. That's it. So sometimes we have to do the tough thing, the rough thing, the difficult thing for the glory of God to be revealed. Tonight I'm talking in terms of eternal absolute truth, which has nothing to do with whatever the current, you know, pop culture status quo observation or opinion might be. It's sad. If it weren't so sad, it would be laughable. It would be, it would keep me laughing if it weren't so sad. People are believing this stuff in the pop culture and they're living by it. They, they talk the talk, they feel the feeling, they, 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 do the, they go through the pattern, they wear the clothes, they, they uh, think the thoughts, they, they have the philosophy, they express themselves with the expression. And those are the things that are going to burn. They're things that are going to pass away. They're the things of this whole world system. Jesus said when he was on trial, I am not of this world. If I were of this world, 
then would my servants fight? That's so profound. Of course, Jesus is the living word, and so the spoken word coming from him, divine, divine. I'm not of this world. You can't hang that on me. You can't judge me by that. You can't, you can't uh, pattern your life after that in me because that's not in me. We're from different worlds, different spheres. We're not alike. And we sing the happy chorus, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. And we think somehow we are going to leave this world and go to a similar world and we are going to be so shocked because nothing in that world is like this world down here because there is no sin up there and no effect of sin up there. And we are so worldly as believers that we've gotten used to and familiar to something that we think that we're trying to drag that with us. Can you imagine the trumpet sounds, the voice of the archangel? God says, come on up hither. And so we're looking around for what we can grab before we can go. You know, kind of like a person would if there was there's smoke, there was fire. And uh, if somebody said, fire, you would go for the first thing that was most valuable to you, wouldn't you? You'd try to grab that and get out with it. Someone said, flood, you'd try to grab something and get out with it. You would. That's, that's exactly right. It's amazing what people would, I could preach a message on that. What would people grab if they thought they had a chance to get one, one arm full, two arms full, and go? Go with it. Well, some folks think they're going to take the things that are familiar and, and things that they love down here that they've become attached to, and I got news for you. We're going up higher. We're going to a higher plane. We're going to a place that is not impacted by sin where there is, there is no weight of opinion that this world has in that place. And people don't have any concept of it. it. If they haven't been in the Word, if they haven't been walking and talking with Jesus, it's going to come as a great shock. we got to get out of our comfort zone. Let me give you the quickest way to get out of your comfort zone. Grab a pocket full or a purse full of tracks and just get out among people and say, hey, here's a smile. Here's some good news. Hey, I'd like you give them out. And you can do that in the store. You can do that in the doctor's office, in the hospital. You can do that on the street, wherever you are. Get out of your comfort zone. Oh, I don't know if I could do that. We can talk about other things. We can do other things. We need to do that. We're talking about eternal, absolute truth tonight. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So when are we going to start? Say, oh, as soon as I die. We need to glorify Him now. We need to glorify Him tonight, this moment. We need to lose our will in the will of God. We need to say, Yes, Lord, and no to the world, the flesh, and the devil. We need to say, Lord, thy will be done. Not my will, but thine be done. There it is. Forever and ever and ever and ever. There are some Christians right now who've got a head start on us. There are some folks in some third world places where they're not attached. You say, oh, we're so blessed in America. Sometimes I wonder if Having that many things is a blessing. We've got more than anybody. Even, 
even after economic downturn, we've got more than anybody. We've got nearly more than everybody else. And I wonder, is it making us more godly? Is it making us more Christ-like? Are we getting attached to it so that we don't want to go when the trumpet sounds? Would you be hesitant tonight if the Lord gave you a choice? Check the box. A, I'm going. B, I'd like to wait around a while. Which box would you check? Listen to me, folks. We need to be like old brother Sharky used to be. He used to say, I'm paid up, prayed up, uh, packed up, and ready to go. Yeah, you remember. <laughs> paid up, prayed up, packed up, and ready to go. Nothing holding him down. Not used to this world. Don't get accustomed. Don't get adjusted. You know, you get your adjustment on your whatever it is, your fine-tuning or your, your, your thermostat or whatever. We don't want to get adjusted to this world. We want to bring glory to His name. And we want to start right now. God is to be praised. And He's to be praised with our lips, with our words, from our heart. Believers are to be the ones who praise the Lord. You know, that everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Well, let's start. We need to start the chorus off. You look outside. I don't know what you saw today. There's some, some deer walking by. There's some, some other creatures, some birds, other things. And they're all praising their Creator. We need to be praising our Creator and our Savior, the Lord. Amen. Amen. So there it is. The whole universe. The whole universe is run by this sovereign, by this one, the King of glory. And we have seen pictures vast distances away that have been taken, photographs of the Milky Way and of other galaxies. And it's amazing. And if the light that travels from them at the speed of light, reaching here so that the picture could be taken, was an actual indication of how old it is. It would be billions of years, light years, thousands of light years. But God created it with the appearance of age. So those things, even though the light is just getting, God created the whole thing and the light coming as well. So that's no problem for God. God can handle that. So don't, don't be uh, taken in by the, the, the limited, uh, small IQ explanation of the age of the universe. The age of the universe is exactly what God says in His Word. About 6,000 years ago, God created the heaven and the earth. The heaven that we're talking about when we talk about stellar heaven would be the second heaven. The first heaven is our atmosphere. The second heaven is stellar. The third heaven is where God resides. And they found some empty places out in the sides of the north. There's an empty place. And, it, and heaven may be out there. I don't know. They found another, what appears to be a vacuum in the middle of the Milky Way. And I don't know if that's where. I have no idea. I won't speculate where heaven is. Uh, we probably won't know till we get there. But I'll tell you this for sure. God's got something marvelous, something more wonderful than what we have down here. We need to be bringing glory to God right now. Stop complaining. Are you listening to me? 
Stop griping. Stop grumbling. Stop cursing using God's name. There are believers who say G-D and they use God's name to curse. Or they'll use a slang word they think is a lighter version of the same thing. God's people are guilty of foul language, guilty about grumbling, complaining, when God has been so good to us, guilty of rebellion. The Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. If you read in the Old Testament, thank God we're not under the Old Testament law because the Bible says, suffer not a witch to live. I'm glad we're under grace because the Bible says that a rebel is just like a witch and a witch was killed in the Old Testament. Praise the Lord for God's grace. We don't practice Old Testament law. But rebellion is just as real. Those who questioned and doubted God when God has said it clearly in His Word, those who have scoffed at God leading in the small and the great things in life, in all the choices, decisions, the steps that we take should be ordered by the Lord. Those who have deliberately disobeyed Him and gone against His will and played the game, the, the moment could be coming when suddenly, suddenly something happens. Today I was speaking with someone who lives over in the next section. You know there was a fire. The story is a car was trying to do U-turn to get out of where they had turned inadvertently. And when they took that U-turn, they took out the gas. Kaboom! Sudden. Sudden. We were talking yesterday, I think, about all the times in the 17 years that we've been living on this busy street. It's gotten busier and noisier and louder. You, sh you should... Just bring your sleeping bag and stay here in the church sometime and listen. Just listen. All of a sudden you hear, boom, like somebody slammed the door. Nobody slammed the door. Somebody slammed into somebody else's bumper. And when you hear, boom, 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 you got four of them that are out there, probably totaled. You hear that all the time. You hear them go by and as fast as they can go. And if law enforcement had not been so depleted these recent years, someone could sit out here and write tickets 24-7. Unfortunately, because I'm in the ministry, I've been aware of some horrific deaths that have occurred over the years. And in the five decades of my preaching, there have been people who have been limbs and and torso separated from the rest of them, and very sudden death. Very sudden death against a windshield. Very sudden death. Sudden death. People taking a breath, dropping down, dying. Sudden death. Sudden death. We need to keep in mind that the God of the universe is the one who is in charge. We need to show respect to our merciful God the one who came down to our level. And not as creator, but as father and savior. So much so that when we pray the model prayer, our father, which art in heaven, not our God, but our father, which art in heaven, hallowed 
be thy name. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, help me, Daddy, help me, Daddy. That's the relationship that we have, and that's the relationship that we have taken for granted. God help us. God help us tonight. We need to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. Spending a little time today getting ready for upcoming seasonal messages. And I was looking at Christmas texts. You say, already? Christmas? Scripture texts? Yes. I was looking today. The, the great ones throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 1 and 2. You know what I'm talking about. But then I found again this one. Galatians 4. 4, 5, and 6. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The reason we go to God and we say, Help me, Daddy. Help me, Daddy. I'm needy, Daddy. Is because we have that relationship. You know that God in the person of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, left the comfort zone of glory of heaven to come down here to help all of us, to save us. And what an example, because he was willing to condescend, to come down, to get out of his comfort zone. We should be willing to get out of our comfort zone to praise the Lord instead of complain, instead of gripe, instead of doubt, instead of rebelling, instead of forsaking those things that we know are right. We should be out of our comfort zone. So I see other people, they're doing this. I see other people going this direction. Yes, but the game's not over yet. There's still some time left on the clock. And you never know what they're going to do or what God's going to do. And I want to hear him say, well done. That well done is not going to be based on my emotional responses to the ups and downs of life, to the light and the darkness of my daily changes. But instead, it's going to be based on, was I consistently, by the grace of God and for His glory, stepping out in faith, in sunshine and shadow, in good times and bad times, glorifying the Lord, getting out of my comfort zone because it's right to do and God provides the wherewithal to do it. There it is. It says, salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. We've got glory. Amen for the glory. We've got, we've got a greeting here. And fellowship is in view. This month we've talked about fellowship. We've got two fellows in the same ship, or we've got two fellows in, in parallel ships out there on the sea and helping out one another and being on the same page with one another. And a saint, for those of you that don't know, a saint is not some perfect individual who's been dead for 400 years so that some religious organization can canonize them and... and uh, give a special day of the year to Saint so-and-so. But if you've been saved by grace, then you are a saint. 
You've been saved by the grace of God Almighty. You're a saint. And all those that are saved ones in Christ Jesus should be saluting one another. Over in Hebrews, let's go there. Hebrews chapter 13. Three great points in Hebrews chapter 13 should always be in view. Verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation, their lifestyle. God has graciously provided in our lives some people who can give us a role to follow, a pattern to observe so that we don't have to just you know, go in circles like some you know, mindless thing and not know how we're supposed to behave or comport ourselves in this world of challenges. Instead, we can see that. You say, man, that, that Christian, that, they're a rock. They are solid. They are firm. They are fundamental. They got it down. That's how a Christian's supposed to be. God provides leaders for that reason. He doesn't give us leaders so they can lord over us like the Gentiles do. He gives us leaders so that we've got some kind of a pattern that we can model and follow. And we don't have to question when the Lord says, go this direction. We say, I know that because I've already seen so-and-so go in that direction. I've already seen that living the Bible way works, that having a marriage the Bible way works, that, that uh, earning a living the Bible way works. I've already seen that raising kids that way works. I've already seen that. You don't have to wonder. And you don't have to go very far because in the local church we've got role models. We've got examples. Praise God for them. For every leader. And so there it is. Also it says in verse 13, Excuse me, verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. You've got to be accountable. I've got to be accountable. There's got to be accountability. We are human beings, and if we are not making ourselves accountable in a proper and scriptural way, we won't do right consistently. That's why we don't just say, well, just show up at church any old time you want to. Any old time will be fine. It's all right. We'll just, you know, we'll just leave it to the Spirit. Wrong. There is a starting time. There is, there is a day. There is an hour. There is an opportunity. Let's keep it, all right? Let's keep that appointment. My goodness, if you don't keep an appointment with a doctor, you pay for that, don't you? Now, we don't send out bills for tithes and offerings when people don't come, but I'm just saying, right? Amen. Amen. We've got some folks that are there for accountability purposes. And then verse number 24. Salute all them that have the rule over you and all the saints. They of Italy salute you. Now Paul is writing from Rome in Philippians. And the writer of Hebrews has a connection. We don't know that it was Paul, I kind of believe it was Paul, but whoever it is has connections with the same people. These people are called saints. Some of them are of Caesar's household. That means some of the blood relatives and in-laws of the Caesar who was in charge of the whole realm had come to God through Christ, and it is possible to win people to Christ at all levels of society and all different venues and circles of Influence, it is possible for people to get saved. Praise the Lord for that. So the saints were the saved ones in all these different settings. The great 
and the small, the important and the somewhat anonymous that blend in with the crowd. All of them. What is all this saluting back and forth? Is it like, Ten, hut! is that it? No. The salute has to do with the fact that we are on the same footing with other folks because of Jesus Christ. And we interact with those people cooperatively for the cause of Jesus Christ. So somebody else might have a totally different lifestyle and diet and, and economic uh, you know, uh, life and, and maybe to totally different uh, vocationally. But we have Jesus Christ in common, so we salute one another. What do we have in common? Economics? No. Uh, what we drive, where we go to work, how many kids we got? No, we don't have that in common. There may be some areas in which there are similarities, but what we are absolutely spot on the same is Jesus Christ. There is only one Jesus Christ. And for those people who are, who are and have a problem with race, they're racist, Jesus Christ was not white, he was not black. He was somewhere in between. So let's not have a problem over that. A lot of folks today are falling out over skin. Skin is not the problem, is it, folks? It's sin. Sin is the problem. It's not skin. It's not skin tone. It's sin. That's where the problem resides. And when you get under the blood of Jesus Christ, the person's skin tone differences make no difference to you. The, the wall of partition has been torn down. And those, excuse me, foolish people who try to accuse us of racism, because of who we are, where we've come from, or whatever, are absolutely wrong. They're absolutely wrong on that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to yell about it. I'm just going to say, you're wrong. You're so wrong. Well, we, we, we don't recognize, other than the fact we acknowledge, you know, the, the skin tone. It's not a divisive issue. It's not an issue. So... Every saint, regardless of their background, regardless of their color, regardless of their language, regardless of their origin, regardless of their money, regardless of their vocation, we salute one another. Why? Because we have Jesus Christ in common. You talk about finishing strong, here it is. Get out of your comfort zone. Bring glory to God. Do it all the time, whether you're up or down or in between. And while you're doing that, salute the other saints, regardless of who they are, where they're coming from, what, what they're all about, salute them because we have Jesus Christ in common. This is how you finish strong. Now let's get to the last. The grace, there it is, of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We've got glory, greeting, and grace. There it is. Grace, grace, marvelous grace. I would be nothing were it not for the grace of God. I'm still nothing without Jesus Christ. But thank God. For his grace. Likewise, ye younger submit yourselves unto the elder, Peter says. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore into the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. That's in the word of God, but it doesn't get preached much. It doesn't get lived much. It doesn't get practiced much. That Godly humility that enables us to get along and to serve God 
by grace. There it is. There it is. That's it. This world has seen way too much in the way of conflict in the name of Christianity. And I'm declaring tonight, they don't need to see any more conflict on our part. What they need to see is a likeness of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians and chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, And verse number 18. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I need to get out of my comfort zone. So do you. So do you, sir. So do you, ma'am. You need to get out of your comfort zone. Get out of that which is familiar and, and easy. And for the cause of Jesus Christ, let's salute all the brethren, all the saints, regardless of who they are, regardless of who we are, let's work together. Our commonality is in Jesus Christ. Our fellowship is in the Lord. And then we need to operate in grace and by grace, humble ourselves and allow the Lord Jesus Christ to be seen in and through us. So this world, when they look at us, they don't see us. They see a reflection of Jesus Christ Himself. Amen? Let's pray. Every head bowed. Father, we thank you now for the Word of God, which is so powerful. Help us tonight to yield to you. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. And how many of you tonight would say, Preacher, something in this message spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up high. Spoke to my heart. Amen. Let's do something about it tonight as the invitation is offered. And uh, we're going to be stepping out and coming down and having a word of prayer or praying right where we are and asking God that we might be able to glorify him, and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you pray right now from your heart to God? Pray something like this. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. If you prayed that prayer and you meant that, would you slip your hand up high so I can see it? 